but particularly today, fathers, well done. Uh, keep it up. Uh, you father, because God's called you as one. Amen. And we trust God will outwork his promises through you, uh, not only for you and your family, but for you and your, you know, generation to come, your children and your children's children and all the way down the line. We want to speak blessing to them. So I thought, you know, I, I just pondered a little bit this morning the theme about hooked, hooked on or fishermen. You know, I'm a fisherman by, uh, I grew up with a father that fished a lot, so I've had a lot of uh, exposure to fishing. And uh, I, I like that theme because when I looked at scripture, there were a number of references to fishing. Uh, Jesus called fishermen, he called, you know, Peter, Andrew, James, and John out of their commercial fishing business. They weren't just recreational fishermen like us. They, that was their job. And, and I pondered that, uh, you know, yet over this week. Why did he call fishermen? And I saw some attributes there in fishermen that I think we, I want to remind you about even for your church and for who you are. You know, when Jesus, you know, understood the mandate that he had, and he spoke to his disciples. Um, he said to them, I'm going to make you fishers of men. And, and I really believe that's part of the church's mandate is that we're always fishing for souls. We're fishing for the opportunity to bring people into the knowledge of God. And I want to say to you, that, was, that should be our main thrust is looking outward uh, and looking to see what the Lord is leading us to, people, opportunities. And so first and primary, you call to be a fisherman. Then the Bible talks about, you know, if you give a man a fish, you feed him for a day. But if you teach him to fish, you, you've given him a livelihood for a lifetime. And I believe that's what, you know, the Bible talks about making disciples, training people to be walkers with God for eternity. You see, we, we dealing in eternal matters, not just the short-term process. We're dealing about people's you know, future into eternity. And that's a very powerful thing. So I really believe that teaching men to fish, uh, men and women, uh, is very, very key. And you know, when I looked at the Bible, it mentions a lot about nets. And I noticed that there were three different types of nets that they mentioned, a casting net, a drag net, and a draw net. And to me, I pondered that about uh, skills in the church. We all have different skills. So if God gives you a different net to use, use that net. Don't use the net that I use. Use the one that God gives you. Because there's a skill in that, and there's also an abundance in that. When Peter argued with Jesus about that they, I've been fishing all night and there's been no fish. Jesus said to him, well, cast the net on the other side. And he, there was an abundant catch. So we have to listen to the Lord in our fishing expeditions, just what he wants us to go after. So go after what he leads you into and you'll have an abundance of fish. So the training part, I want to say three things there. Discipleship making is an intentional process. You are called to be intentional about discipling yourself. And once you become discipled, let me encourage you, disciple others. Become a discipleship maker. Amen. Go after that opportunity. It's very rewarding. And discipleship making really happens in the local church. So be 
a, a church that reaches out and then teaches those disciples to become mighty in the Lord. And my third point is, uh, you know, it's really the word of God is centered around people, 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 people. So teach them the word and how to live in the word and how to use the word of God to in their warfare, in their understanding of the revelation of who God is. God will work through that. So, you know, our primary responsibility is when we wake up each day, Lord, what is your word saying to us? So be there in that. So, you know, break through, break out, you know, in what God has got for us as, you know, and I believe in that process. So if I look at the body of Christ as we travel around, uh, essentially the, the Matthew 28 commission, the Lord is re-emphasizing that in the church. Go and make disciples of all the nations. So look for opportunity to bring people into the knowledge of God through the church. Go out there and prepare. You know, it says that when the fishermen had fished all night the next day, they couldn't knock off because they had to sell their catch, then had to repair their nets so they could go fishing again. That's really us. You know, in many ways, we prepare our, our hearts. Uh, we're always in a preparation mode before God. And I believe it's, you know, part of our fishing training that God gives us. Treasure the time. You see, those disciples would have treasured their time with family because they were either serving the Lord or doing fishing or doing something that was important that took them away from their family. But they would always go back and really value that time with their family. And I want you to, as men particularly, men value your families. They're the most precious commodity that God has given us. You know, it says this in Matthew. It says, uh, the, the fishermen respond to Jesus. It says, immediately they left their nets and followed him. When he said, come, follow me. They didn't argue about their business or about their intentions. They followed Jesus immediately. And I want to encourage us today that when the Lord speaks to us, that there's an obedient response to God in your life. Most of what we do with God requires an obedience and to me, the greatest challenge is always to be obedient to what the Lord is saying to me at any one moment in my life. And I want to encourage you to be the same on that. So God is at work. And here's my scripture for you for going forward. It comes out of uh, Habakkuk uh, chapter 1 verse 5. And it says this, Look at the nations and watch and be utterly amazed, for I am going going to do something in those days that you would not believe, even if you were told. You see, I live in that expectation with God, and I want to encourage you as a church. doesn't matter what the world is doing, uh, but God has given you some promises. Go after the promises, because the Word says, I'm going to do something in your day, not in tomorrow's day, in your day, that you would not believe, even if you were told. You see, I've, I've learned that as we've ministered and we've traveled to nations, that sometimes God does things way above anything that we expect or even imagine. And that's how God wants us to live our lives. So you believing for a greater number of people in your fellowship and in your relationship, believe God for that. Go after that with all your heart. You see, I believe God responds to our hunger. God, you know, 
will be he will meet the promise that we go to him with and we remind him what we are about we pray in that way we seek his face and we say lord you said and god will sow back into you as a people amen go after this thing because it's worth going for in god the kingdom of God has been established today and the fellowships that we go to, we are seeing an expansion of the kingdom. That means God works in the heart first and then he expands our borders and gives us a greater vision of where we're going. But essentially this morning, <clears throat> I want to just speak to the men uh, and, and to you all, but I, I want to give the men a, a task. Uh, but it's not a task for this year or for next year, this is something I want to give you for a lifetime that you kind of get it into your lifestyle uh, so that you become responsible for what I'm telling you this morning. Probably the one of the most important things that I've really discovered in my own walk with God in my life. And that God, our Father, is a Father that blesses. There's two principles that I understand in the Word. Uh, blessing and honor. If you hear any songs that we sing, a lot of it's about the blessing of the Father, and when we honor the Father, He honors us. But uh, today I'm, I'm really focusing on what the word blessing means. And when God called Abraham out of the Earl of Chaldees, He said, I will bless you, I will make your name great. He said, I will bless those who bless you, I will curse those who curse you. Uh, but you shall become a great and mighty nation. You see, when God put that promise upon Abraham, he put that promise upon us because we are the seed of Abraham. We are the seed in Christ Jesus that obtains the blessing that God has given us. We understand the principle of that, but the application of that I always think is where the church has probably struggled to apply the blessing. And when you look through Scripture, it actually gives us a a blueprint on how to walk in the blessing of God, how to impact that upon uh, our families. <clears throat> so, you know, when I understood uh, that, you know, when Isaac blessed Jacob and Jacob became exceedingly prosperous, when, um, you know, Abraham blessed Isaac in the land, it says that when Isaac uh, sowed in the land, um, he received a hundredfold blessing. You can read about that in Genesis 26. So what I want to really get the message across is that because he was blessed, he had a hundredfold return. When the um, Philistines came against him in the first well, he closed it, he moved to another one, opened the next well. Philistines came against him. The third well he opened, um, they left him behind. But God gave him a word. He said that... I have made room for you, Isaac, to prosper. See, I believe God is making room for us to prosper. And the word blessing doesn't really speak as much about financial blessing as it does about material blessing, about spiritual blessing that we obtain in Christ for our lives. So it's very important that we recognize what that is. You see, the word blessing means the, the uh, Hebrew word is barak, B-A-R-A-K. And it means to praise, congratulate, salute, uh, to you know, impart to someone the blessing that they are. And God wants you and I to recognize that he did that with Adam and Eve. 
He did that with Abraham, and he passed on the blessing and to make his name great in all families. And, you know, as a Christian, our inheritance as brothers and sisters in Christ is to live in that blessing. And I want to encourage you this morning that the heart of God is for you and I to be blessed in what we do. Not only us, but our children and our children's children. So when I understood the principle, I went to my dad, who was around 87 at the time, and I said, Dad, um, I need you to bless me. So I said, don't be silly, you're already blessed. So I said, no, no, I want you to lay hands on me and bless me. So I visited him and I said, Dad, put your hand on my head and pronounce a blessing. So he said to me, well, what words do you suggest I use here? So I said, Dad, I've got just the words for you. I went to number 6, 24, where it says, The Lord's face will shine upon you, that he will be gracious to you, that he will bless you, that his countenance would rest upon you, that every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ Jesus will be your portion. I said, how does that sound, Dad? He says, oh, it sounds good. So he put his hand on me, he blessed me. And, and I, I want to say to you, I've done that to my daughters, I've done that to my grandchildren. So when I look at my family, I see blessing in their lives. Uh, when I look at the Hebrew uh, traditions, the Hebrews were very strong in blessing their children and their, their families. So the husband and wife would look at one another in their eyes. They would then transfer a blessing. The husband would bless his wife. The wife would bless the husband. But every day, it's called Eva Sabbat. Every week, they would come together, and they would exchange something between them. In other words, the husband looks at the wife makes eye contact and says, if there's anything I've done today that has offended you or hurt you, please forgive me. And then he would bless his wife. The wife would say that to the husband, and the wife would then bless the husband. They would do that with their children, and their children would also then recognize that if there was something that they had missed on the week, they would ask the parents to forgive them and receive the parental blessing. So you can imagine from a young age of three or four up until puberty, if they are blessed once a week for 14 to 15 years, when they grow up, they know they're blessed. There's no question, am I blessed? They've received blessing from their parents, and they grow up in the knowledge that they walk in God's blessing for their lives. So I want to say to you that when you know Isaac blessed Jacob, I want you to just hear the scripture that um, was used in Genesis uh, 27, 28 to 29, it says, May God give you uh, of heaven's dew and of earth's riches and an abundance of grain, you wine. May nations serve you and people bow down to you. Be Lord over your brothers and may the sons of your mother bow down to you. May those who curse you be cursed and those who bless you be blessed. That was the word of his blessing. So if you follow, you know, uh, Jacob's progress through scripture, God gave him blessing over the land, over everything that he did. He continued to prosper. And so the word, there's another word used in scripture for blessing. It's called Isha, E-S-H-E-R. And it really means to trans, you know, to receive a blessing of happiness in your life. And it really speaks directly about God impacting our lives, that we have a joy about us that the world doesn't understand. Not that we won't have challenges, but we are blessed to be a blessing. And that's the key. I, I, 
you know, want to leave with you this morning, that you are blessed to be a blessing. Amen? Psalm uh, chapter 1, verse 1 and 3 says, Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked or stand in the ways of sinner or sit in the seat of the mocker, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And it says, and he meditates on this day and night. So there's a secret there for us. Meditate on God's word. Uh, don't walk with those that are ungodly. Stay in the purposes of God in your life. And it says, he is like a tree planted by the streams of water which yields its fruit in its season. You see, blessing yields fruit in your life. And you will see the fruit, and others will come and, you know, participate of that fruit in your life. So, you know, when you look at Beatitudes, if you want to do a little um, home exercise, blessed are those that, you know, follow the Lord. Blessed are the pure in heart. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst. There's blessing that Jesus pronounces over those that follow his ways. You see, today, we very rarely encourage words of affirmation and, and words to build people up. When you go, the, the English word for eulogy uh, was, you know, and generally a eulogy is when somebody has passed away and we all stand up and give a, a wonderful uh, picture of the, uh, the life that the person, you know, lived and we bless him by the eulogy. But unfortunately, it's too late. He's down, six foot down. He can't receive his blessing. This thing should be done while we're alive and well so that we can impart something to people's lives and see them rise up and be blessed because the words we use impart blessing. You know, the power of the tongue. You know, blessing and curses in the power of the tongue, folks. So... You know, when I look at my daughters and I understood this principle, I would speak to them prophetically. And when I look at their lives today, many years later, I see them living the life that God spoke to me about. When I looked at them and I saw a teacher in my one daughter, I saw a business uh, in my other daughter. They, one's a teacher and one's a business. But that was spoken, you know, 20 years before they became what they are today. The power of the spoken word is such a powerful thing. And I want to say to you, speak that over your children and over your grandchildren so they rise up into all that God has called them to be. And, but don't stop there. Say it to your wife, to your husband, to one another as a, as a congregation that you can recognize the blessing. When somebody does well in the congregation, bless them and speak into their lives and say, well done, we recognize that gift. We recognize that promotion comes from the Lord. It doesn't come from the east or the west. No, no, it comes from the Lord. Well done, keep it up. So God wants you and I to encourage and to build up. You know, and that's exactly what the word talks about over and over in our lives. There's a lot, of, there's a lot in it, but I'll, I'll just... Um, share one scripture for you so that you get the context of where it comes from. In Galatians 3:13 and 14, it says, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. Because it is written, cursed is anyone who hangs on a tree. Verse 14, that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. So through faith today, we receive the blessing of Abraham 
through Christ Jesus in our lives. And we walk accordingly in the way that God has called us to walk. So God wants you and I to prosper spiritually, emotionally, physically, and materially. That's what the blessing is about. So, you know, when Esau heard that Jacob had stolen his blessing, Scripture says this, he cried out with an exceedingly great and bitter cry and said to his father, bless me, bless me also, O my father. Because they understood the power of blessing that comes from fathers and mothers in the faith. That's why I say to the, you know, today, if I look at older, the older generation in the church, you are fathers and mothers that carry a responsibility, but you carry an anointing to bless. Pass that on to the next generation so that when we look at the church, we see a mighty church rise up. Why? Because we know that we're blessed of God. Amen. In everything we do. There's a, there's a willingness to walk in that, in that blessing. So, you know, once, if you look at the Hebrew tradition, one of the things that I love about that is that they would meet on a regular basis. Today, we are so busy in our work schedules that we don't take time out for family to, you know, if, if I had to say to you, could you meet every Friday? You'd probably say, no, you couldn't. But I want to say, why don't we take a, make a time with the family that it's either Saturday morning or a Friday evening or whatever time and exchange some family time that is deliberate and intentional and that you can bless one another in what, in the words that you use and the way that you interact with one another. So I always, you know, try and encourage my family to do that and to walk in that way so that God can continue to, you know, raise up an expectation of blessing in the family and in our lives. So what I want to do is just um, speak to you a little bit about the, the primary mechanism of imparting love and blessing to people was done by the laying on of hands. Why? Because God wants us to understand the destiny that he has for us, you know, and your, uh, your image of God. What is your image of God? You know, your thoughts, your feelings, your experience, because most people don't understand that God the Father truly loves us. And if we understand that principle that we are created in his image and that he loves us, then we walk in that, that reassurance that we are totally loved of God. So I want to say to you, do you know that you're loved by the Father? And in that place, the image that you have is, my Father loves me and I can walk in that knowledge from this day on. My identity, who am I? Your identity is in Christ Jesus Greater is he that is in you than he that's in the world. Once you know that, you walk in that promise. Amen. Your destiny, why am I here, Lord? You're here to fulfill the purpose of God in your calling. Find your destiny. Walk in it. Because destiny releases vision for your life. It leaves, leaves you walking in the ways of the Lord because you know you want to please God in everything you do. Amen. So go after that. It's critically important to know that about your life and how God can work through you and work in you. Um, it's very, very important to recognize 
the, you know, if you look at the word barak, it says um, in, in short, if you look at the Vines Dictionary or any one of the other dictionaries, it gives a summary. It says, to empower, to prosper. So this morning, my heart is to empower you to prosper. Why? Because if you are empowered to prosper, all those around you potentially have the ability to be empowered because you have been empowered to prosper. Not only your families, your friends, those that you minister to will be changed by the power of God. And one of the things that I love about uh, the power to prosper is that often it brings healing. People haven't experienced the healing power of God in their lives. And when we release blessing into their lives, they are healed. They are set free from things of of you know, many, many years that have been hindering them, suddenly they come into the knowledge, I am blessed of God. And all these things that the enemy puts upon us are canceled off our life, and we walk in the promise of God from that time on. Amen? So it's important for you to recognize the power of blessing brings healing into your family, into your life, and into those things that God has got for you. And I want to just share with you, in, in Scripture, the, it identifies seven times in your lifetime that you should be blessed. Conception, one. During the time in the womb, number two. At birth, number three. At infancy, number four. Um, number five, at the time of puberty. Uh, number six, at the time of marriage. And then in your old age. The old age is the one when your children bless you in old age. Not that they wish that you would finish your life sooner than you should. No, no, no. That's what the media talks about. We talk about blessing our old people so that they continue to prosper in old age. So there are seven critical times that we impart blessing to family. So I want to say to you, look for a day of blessing where you can impart these things and continue to walk in that. Why? It brings spiritual, emotional, physical uh, health to your family as you practice the thing in the Lord. Amen. Um, I just want to finish off with this this morning and just say this to you. Um, it doesn't have to be a long prayer. It only has to be a three or four minute prayer. So when I come over to Linda, I engage with her with my eyes. I lay hands upon her and I say to her, may the Lord's face shine upon you. May the Lord be gracious to you. May he lift up his countenance upon you. May he uh, restore your health, bless your health in all things. And may every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ Jesus be your portion. There's, there's my blessing. I've imparted it to, to Linda. And I want to encourage you as parents and as husbands and wives to do that to one another. And this morning, um, as we have time at the end, I really would like you, before you go, to bless your spouse, to bless your children. And if you have anyone else in the church that you would like to bless, go and bless them. Amen by laying hands upon them and just ministering into their lives the blessing of the Lord. It's a very, very powerful thing. And I'll finish with this because I know time runs out and I, I'm known to carry on. Um, but I want to just say to you, there's, there's four, five things that I want you to remember. When 
you impart blessing, there's a meaningful touch. It's done by touch. It's done by the spoken message. It's done by placing high value upon one another. And number four, by a special future. In other words, a hope and a future. We speak hope into the future. And the last one, by active commitment to fulfill the blessing. I will be a blessing, so I'll make myself available to be a blessing. Amen. So it's touch, it's words, it's value, it's future, and I'm the active participant in this thing. Amen.